and welcome to Conversation with a Chef. I'm Joe Ritty and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. Today's chat is with Minnie Vale. Minnie is an Australian Greek food educator, cookbook author and glorious cook. While she's always been an advocate for Mediterranean food and its benefits, her latest cookbook, Ikaria, not only extols the food, but also the way people are eating the food and living together. As the title might suggest, this book features the food of Ikaria, a Greek island which has been included amongst the five blue zones in the world where diet, community and lifestyle seem to contribute to longer, healthier and happier lives. Before I spoke to Minnie, I watched a little video clip from when she was on the island, cooking with and learning from the people there. It's a beautiful place. And hearing her talk about what she's experienced there is a lovely reminder to take time to eat together, rest, walk in nature, and appreciate those around us. Hello. Hi, Minnie. It's Jo here from Conversation with the Chef. Hi, Jo. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, thank you for talking to me. I'm um, first of all, I want to say you by thinking about talking to you and going into my bookshelf and opening your third book, Everyday Mediterranean, you've yeah. actually lifted me from the lethargy I had about cooking because I've always loved cooking, but I've got into a bit of a rut. And I was looking through your book and I just thought, oh, I want to cook everything. And yesterday I baked um, the bread, the olive oil flatbread. Oh. And I, also, and I also made the one pot chicken risoni. So I've now, you've absolutely like, I've got a whole That's new great. lease on life. You've got to love a one pot dish, don't you? Absolutely. <laughs> Especially on a Friday. Um, so, That's great. But that's your thing, isn't it? You like to share your, you're a food educator as well as a writer and a cook and a, a cooking teacher in your classes and so on and I think you obviously have a real desire to share um, your passion with other people. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I do teach um, secondary school too. So I teach, you know, kids from you know, year seven right through to, to VCE and I've always taught food studies for many years now. Mm. But um, I, I only went back into that actually recently, to be quite honest. But um, I do love, I do other cooking classes too with adults in, in their own home and um, present at conferences and I love talking about, well, the, the food that I grew up with, I suppose, and sharing that food with other people. So, because it's all very, it's healthy for a start. It's very healthy. It's a Mediterranean diet. That's what I cook mostly at home. It's what I always cook at home. But it's also easy to make and um, it's not a difficult thing to do. And I love that, you know, what happens in the kitchen, everyone getting together and cooking and the stories that are told around the kitchen table and that kind of thing. So it is, um, I love to share food and conversation around food. Yeah, beautiful. And that's, you've got um, Greek heritage, but you were born in Australia, is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. My dad came out to Australia um, 56, I think it was 1956, when he said to me, when the Olympics were on, so it was the 56. Then <laughs> my mother came out a couple of years later and they got married here and um, born and raised in Richmond and can't get more Greek than that, I kind of think. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, um, and now I'm back here, back in, you know, the place where I grew up in. So oh, I wow, love it. Okay. And um, so I... I was born here, but um, my first trip back to Greece, I have to say, or back to Greece at all, was after my mother got quite sick and, um, yeah, maybe I don't know, nearly 20 years ago now or maybe less 15 years ago now. And um, 
I decided I need to see where my mother was born and um, mm. and get to know the, the you know the relatives I had there. I always heard of them, I knew about them, and they'd always get you know cards and letters from aunts and uncles and cousins, but I'd never met any of them. Mm. So I decided, okay, it's time to um to go, and it kind of changed my life. It sort of I became more involved with the um learning about the food and the culture and the heritage and all the traditions that we had, and it's um. I go back as often as I can these days. Well, it's so beautiful. I was just watching your video on your website about Ikaria and it just looks <laughs> so lovely and the people look amazing, um, just so friendly and open and healthy. <laughs> they are. They are. They're very generous people. They have this philosophy called philoxenia, which means friends of strangers. Mm. So they believe that it doesn't matter if I've never met you before, you're going to be welcomed into my home like a relative, like a friend I've known forever. And mm. it's exactly what they do. I've, you know, the very first time I actually went to Ikaria, I just I didn't know anybody there. I had spoken to people. I'd made some connections. But it was kind of a scary thing to go and big leap of faith. But I went and felt very, very at home. It was um, they're very welcoming. They're very generous people. They they're lovely and they've got this they've got this calm and slow pace about them. They just the way they live is um, well, we need to take a leaf out of their book. I think. <laughs> well, so, and, and that is the subject of your latest book. So, is that would you say it's your fifth book or your fourth book? Because I was looking, and you've got a book um, that's a favourite. Okay, there was the well. first three, and then the first three became they did a compilation that's of right. um, the first three, so the fourth one. So the fourth, the fourth one, I really didn't. It wasn't like a book from the beginning. It was just something that's been put together as um, the best of the first three. Yeah. And um, so technically, this is my fourth, I guess, but <laughs> or even though it's the fifth, yeah. kind of makes doesn't make sense. I don't know. <laughs> but um, but, but so yeah, that's all about Ikaria, and I and I was it's a, in the blue zone, which is one of those parts of the world deemed to be well. We should all be aspiring to live like the people there. Yeah, but can yeah. you tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, the blue zones. There are um, five places in the world that are um, called the blue zones where people are living to over 100, but living well, not just living to 100, but living well, you know, free of any disease like heart disease and dementia and that kind of thing. So um, when I first discovered this, just quite by accident when I was, you know, doing some research and reading and stuff, and I thought this sounds really fascinating. And because it was a place in Greece that had, you know, was part of this blue zone, I became even more interested. Mm. So they've all got... Um, a common thread, I suppose, all these places, the five places, uh, they've got this common thread and that common thread is a, a, a plant-based diet. But more more importantly, even, even than that, is that sense of community. Mm. So so when I went to Ikaria, I thought I'm going to go and find out about the food they eat and the Mediterranean diet. It is a different to what I already know and I was really curious about that. But when I left, I left with so much more than that. I went to learn one thing, but I learned so much more than just about the food. Mm. And it's not just the food they eat, but it's the way they eat it. And by that I mean by sitting down at a table with their friends and family and sharing that food. Mm. Um, there's a very, very strong sense of community. And that, I think, is probably um, one of the most important things for longevity, to be quite honest. Mm. And... Yeah, really interesting. But, you know, they, they've got other things, of course. It's a, it's a Mediterranean diet, but in its holistic sense. So they eat the plant-based diet. They do have beans and pulses and very little meat, and they have some fish and lots of olive oils and all that kind of thing. But they also exercise um, daily, naturally, but, you know, just by w walking around to 
the next village or the or the shops or the, working in their farms or in their gardens. So they're always sort of active during the day just by the way they live, just by their lifestyle. Mm. And then, of course, um, they they take the time to have a rest in the afternoon. Mm. So that was one of the other little philosophies they had. One of, the, one of the locals said to me, you know, here, we take the time needed. And I said to her, you know, Thea, the lady, her name was, and I stay with her whenever I go. Um, and I said, what do you mean by that, Thea? She said, it's not just about taking time to do some work or make a dish or do your gardening or visit a friend, but you need to take the time you need to rest as well. Mm. So if you need that rest, you take that time and you do that. That's important. And I thought, gosh, you know, um, I think most of us here, we could probably agree that we're sort of always got an appointment here, there, you know, sort of always checking our phones and checking our time. And she said, we don't do that. She goes, don't worry about this afternoon or tonight or tomorrow. Let's just enjoy right now. Wow, yeah. And I thought, yeah, you're absolutely right. And how do we incorporate that in our busy, busy life? And we're not living in Ikari, obviously, but um, <laughs> we need to, yeah, I suppose we kind of need to bring some of those little lessons back. Absolutely. And, yeah. I also thought it was interesting, I was reading about some of the other characteristics of blue zones, and they talked about the empowerment of women. Is that a feature on, is a woman, what, what's that, how does that play out in a career? Yeah, um, I don't know about the other places so much, but I didn't even think, I didn't even really know, realised that until I got there and they did say to me, you know, the women here are very independent. Um, they have um, a lot of power, I suppose, very different to some of the other islands, the Greek islands, and a lot of them would say, tell me stories about their grandmothers would tell them that, the, you know, the husbands would go off to work and they were never around, so the ladies would take over the farm and looking after the stores and doing everything and really running the island. So that didn't change. When the men came back, that still continued. The women still um yeah, around the island, and they do still to this very day. A lot of them, they'll have um, a lot of the stores that are run by women, the little inns, the restaurants, um, uh, the, the beekeeper. Uh, a lot of women that I've met, some really interesting, powerful, independent women are just and um, you know educated and interesting. So mm. and they um and of course always promoting their their local produce, their local their the island and um really working well together, but they were quite an amazing bunch of women. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So how yeah. Does, how does it work for you with creating a cookbook? So you, if, so you go to Ikaria and you cook with the people and you see the local produce. How do you then um, decide what recipes you're going to put into the book and and how yeah. do, you do you have to change them much to adapt to a, like a, an Australian um, market or? What? Um, I did. I must admit, I don't think I change very many of them at all. To be honest. The very first time I went was 2017 and I went a little bit earlier. I ran a retreat there um, and I've done that three years running. I was going to go, be going again in a couple of weeks now, but, of course, that can't happen. So when I did go, before I went, um, I had been approached by some people saying, you know, I've, you know, I take classes. I'm always doing classes and workshops here about Mediterranean food and they were people that were interested to come along with me to learn about cooking in Ikaria. So I created a, a workshop and I went earlier and then people, you know, I met the people over there. So I've had, I had about three years running of um, cooking with the locals, learning their, learning what they do and really immersing myself in their in their lifestyle and understanding them. And I think 
the only way to understand a place is to actually live it and be a, like a local, even if it's for two weeks or a month or whatever. But I've, I had been three times. And at that point, I thought, I hadn't even thought about a book to begin with. Mm. Um, but because there was so much there and there was so much interest and every time I'd put a workshop out, it would sell out straight away and people were interested. And, and then the people would come with me and say, you know, many you should put this in a book because it's just really fascinating and, you know, what's happening here and what we've experienced. Um, it'd be lovely to share. And uh, so that's how I started. I started um, just writing down the recipes, talking to the locals, and again, very generous people. They just they would just tell you, I like to make this or I like to make that, and this is the way you do it. Of course, there was never anything like um, quantities or method. It was no. just all just in conversation. So at the end, of course, I have to sit down and um, and bake that into a recipe that mm. people can can follow and make in their own home, but. Some of the things, there were some things I changed, but not a lot really. They're pretty traditional and they're very um, simple recipes. Um, I say simple, but then again, you need to use the best produce you can get to get the, the, the a great dish. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's how it sort of played out. And then, of course, I started putting little stories towards it to make it a bit, you know, so people could understand the place as well. I think it's important yeah. to, to see how people are living can you give me an example of a couple of the dishes that are in the new book? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Um, well, one of my favourite ones is um, the Porto Colopita, which is an orange pie. And that one I tasted at the um, the women's co-op in, in Icario, one of the beautiful little villages there, one of the stunning little villages. Try to get there every morning, actually, because so nice. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> it's just lovely. And the woman said to me, this is the first cake they um, – made when they opened up their little co-op a few years back now. It's 12 women that started it and they started it because they want to, you know, promote Icaria and their um, their produce and all their local um, delicacies and stuff. So they were making jams and things like that as well. And this cake is... uh, it's, you know, using phyllo pastry, it's um, a little bit different to the way I had ever used it. So that was interesting also, just the, the method they used. And it's a simple cake with, you know, a lot of um, yogurt and orange and it's got a syrup on it. It's just something everyone has to try. It's divine. <laughs> it is divine. And okay. The first time I tasted it, I thought, okay, I'm going to come back for this. And they did say to me, this was the cake that actually got, them, you know, really um, recognised on the whole island. People will just go over there specifically for that cake and then they put out little tables and started serving coffees and it's become a rule hub and everyone just loves to go there but um the other recipe that i also love is sufiko and i love this one because of the story behind it it's their traditional um uh iconic dishes i suppose and it's the simplicity of it that i love and it was traditionally cooked every saturday when the ovens were on for the baking of the bread and the story goes that there was a woman at home and her husband um, said, oh, what are we going to be eating today? So she goes out to the garden, collects a whole lot of vegetables, comes in, chops them all up, tumbles them into a baking tray and puts, you know, the olive oil and some herbs and some seasonings and cooks it. And then she calls him and she says, Sufika, which means I left you some. <laughs> so the, the, that's how the, the name came about. But what I love about this story when they tell you about this story is you can just imagine someone going out into their vegetable garden and picking vegetables by the apron full and then taking them into the kitchen and just chopping them up roughly, you know, not even a chopping board, just in hand, just chopping them all roughly, tumbling into a, a you know, a tray and cooking them. And it's that um, sense of calm and joy that comes with something so simple, but 
kind of meaningful that sort of speaks of the magic of um, Yikadia's soul, I think. It kind of says it all when I think about that that dish. Mm. So It's beautiful. But, I love that story. <laughs> yeah, I love it too. And it is, it's delicious. It actually is delicious. And I do have it in the book, the traditional way they made it, but um, I have simplified it also. I put in just, you know, you can also do it this way because the traditional way it was quite um, involved. Um, but still... Uh, the simplest, the simpler way is also just as good and it's the way I make it too. But it's one of those things I sort of make now almost every weekend because it's just vegetables and you can, you can use it all week and it's, um, but all the recipes in the book are kind of, um, accessible, I think, to, to everyone, mm. which is important for me too. You know, I for when I'm writing a recipe, I, I like it to, to think that people can open their fridge or their pantry and have most of the things that they need to make that, that dish mm. and not have to go out and buy 12 things they're not, never going to use again. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. So it's just, um, and it's such a, especially at a time like this when we're all in lockdown and so on, I, I think a book like that or even looking at your website and the little video and so on, it's such a, a lovely um, transporting thing to to a nicer place and a nicer yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is actually. I kind of think. Well, I've also there. Um, yeah, their sense of community. I think about that a lot these days because we are all in stage four lockdown, and it is difficult. And how that um, community is so important for our well being. Mm. And at the moment, it's um. Everyone, we're all finding it's been challenging times, definitely, mm. and um, the importance of that community is, yeah, absolutely. And how are they doing over there? With the- they're doing okay, actually. I think um, because they didn't have any um, cases at all for quite a long time. I think I think just one person jumped, turned up to the island from somewhere, I'm not sure from where, and um, that was positive. But I think they're they're doing pretty well because they are pretty isolated as well. They're mm. not. Um, yeah, sort of keep to themselves quite a bit, and probably another reason why they they you know living the way they're living, and they've got that um, old world kind of life. They haven't really um, moved along in contemporary times very much. It's sort of stuck in not stuck, but sort of stopped. I suppose is a better way to say they've stopped in a really good time in life. And I think for them, it's back in the sixties when you know the Mediterranean diet became really kind of really popularized and. Um, they haven't moved along into contemporary times and they're quite happy not to, I think, you know, and one of the elderly, elderly ladies um, in the 90s said to me, you know, you know, we have things like mobile phones here, we've got internet and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> but we don't use it like you guys do. Mm. We don't use it in that same way. So we don't let things like that take over our life. Yeah, well, there's a lot to be learned from them, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. And these are the people that, the ones in their 90s have got the wisdom and the knowledge and you just want to sit and talk to them for hours and hours because they've got so many little gems like that mm. um, they come with, yeah. Mm. Thank you so much for, for talking to me about all of that, Minnie. It's just been um, so lovely and such a lovely reminder for me too of that um, of that joy of cooking and with, of just using simple food and yeah, getting pleasure from it. So thank you so much. Oh no, my pleasure. It was lovely to speaking with you, Joe. Okay. Thank you. Have a lovely day. Thank you. You too. Bye bye. You've been listening to Conversation with a Chef. I'm Joe Ritty, and thank you so much for joining me today. 
If you'd like to read the full transcript of the conversation, you can go to www.conversationwithachef.com or follow me on Instagram so you'll always be up to date with the latest conversation.